you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show podcast. I'm your host, Ken Blanchard, and this week, we're going to have a little bit of situational awareness from Marshall Tigner. Michael J. Williams is going to give us some training tips about using a magazine the right way. I've been listening to what you've been saying. So we got some history about some little known stuff about the deacons of defense. Talking about two ministers in particular. And Armed Citizens News. And it's the beginning of the summer season. I can't wait. Tommy, give me that beat so I can drop the bass. celebrating Memorial Day this weekend. It's a federal holiday in the U.S. for remembering the people who died while serving in this country's armed forces. Memorial Day not to be confused with Veterans Day. Memorial Day is a day of remembering the men and women who died while serving, while Veterans Day celebrates the service of all U.S. military veterans. This is also when the pool opens up and everybody jumps in that cold water. Yeah. Kids going crazy. Remember how you didn't care when it was cold? Yeah, now you care. You get shrinkage. Mm-hmm. Not cool now. Speaking of shrinkage, I want to talk about those who have not shrinked or shrank. What's a good word for that? Who have not, uh, who have helped me, not gone away from being a helper. Those who are celebrating this podcast by being patrons. They're going to patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun, and they are supporting the show. You guys are keeping this thing moving, and I got big plans for us this summer. While everybody else is chilling, I'm going to do some special stuff and make this thing grow. So if you want to be a part of that, please consider being a patron. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash black man with a gun. Got a couple of announcements from some folks that are doing some good stuff. My friend uh, Lloyd from the um, Armed Lutheran has a new Kindle book out. That's Lloyd, Lloyd Bailey Jr. called Here I Blog, I Can Do No Other. The Ruminations of an Armed Lutheran. Check it, that out. It's on Kindle. And I think it's available for everybody. Lloyd cranked that thing out this week. So uh, check it out. Here I blog by Lloyd Bailey Jr. Also, check out The Santa Shooter, Guilty Until Proven Innocent by Marcus Allen Weldon, now available on Amazon as well. The Santa Shooter, Guilty Until Proven Innocent. Kindle Price. Is that's what I got right here, but um, you can check it out. It's a big book, well, two hundred and twenty pages wise. It's out now. Check out Amazon for those two books, and don't forget the one I talked about last week from David Heil, Tabla Rosa. This summer, I got planned to do a whole bunch of tutorials and uh, eBooks and guides and videos on how to shoot, how to do different things. But I got to know what you want to do, so. That's kind of the theme for this week is um, knowing what you want. I can't make it happen unless I do. And I'm going to use this social media to its best. I got a 900 different ways that you can reach me. So please do. See, I believe we all want the same things in life. We want freedom. We want the chance for prosperity. We want as few people suffering as possible. We want healthy children. We want to have crime-free streets. But I think it's about where the similarity ends. I got to get your actual input to make it happen, to know the difference, to know the nuances, to know the details. 
Got it. On a different note, me and the missus will be celebrating our 26th wedding anniversary. And uh, we'll probably head to the beach somewhere and be chilling, looking in each other's eyes. Kind of reminds me of that joke about the couple who've been married for 50 years. They're sitting at a breakfast table one morning when the old guy says to his wife, Just think, honey, we've been married for 50 years. Yeah, she replies, just think. 50 years ago, we were sitting here at this breakfast table together. I know, the old man says. We're probably sitting here naked as jaybirds 50 years ago. Well, Granny Snickers, what do you say? Should we get naked? So the two strip off to the nothing and sit down at the table. You know, honey, the little lady whispers, my nipples are as hot for you today as they were 50 years ago. I'm not surprised, replies Gramps. One's in your coffee and the other's in your oatmeal. If we look at our history, which we ought to do every once in a while, to see where we've come from, that we weren't as weak and weak-kneed as we are today. A lot less snowflakes back in the greatest generation. Sometimes, even in our religious beliefs, we think that pastors, in whom I'm defending right now, don't have the guts to stand up for what's happening in the real world. Not real shepherds. I beg to differ. There's a difference between what you see today and what used to happen. How many of you have heard of the name Reverend Y.D. Jackson? Hmm. Y.D. Jackson. When Klansmen attempted to burn a cross in the yard of Reverend Y.D. Jackson's rural home, shots rang out and drove them away. Jackson's wife had opened fire on them. And before the end of 1964, Jonesboro, Louisiana, and another place called Bougalusa, Louisiana, became synonymous with the deacons of defense and justice. The Reverend Frederick Douglass Kirkpatrick, born 1933, died 1987, was a civil rights activist and folk singer, sometimes known as Brother Kirk. Kirkpatrick worked as a director in various human rights organizations, including the Poor People's Campaign for Jobs and Income that came up to Washington, D.C. in 1974. Kirkpatrick and Pete Seeger recorded a Sesame Street album titled Pete Seeger and Brother Kirk Visit Sesame Street, singing with Big Bird, Oscar, and the Kids. The album featured traditional folk songs, as well as one topical song, The Ballad of Martin Luther King. Believe it or not, Kirkpatrick appeared on Sesame Street, episode 0719, which aired in January 1975. And in this appearance, he sang the animal song with Sam the Machine and the kids. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to let you hear an old folk song that Brother Kirk wrote about the deacons of defense. Tells a lot of stuff in this old folk song. That's what they did. Music transcends time. Even if you don't like folk music, there's a message. But I'll save that to the end. Brother Kirk, also known as Reverend Frederick Douglas Kirkpatrick. Sounds a little Irish, don't it? Never heard of the Deacons of Defense and Justice? Well, they were a group of African-American men who were mostly veterans of World War II and the Korean War who joined together and organized the group in Jonesboro, Louisiana in 
on July 10, 1964. They were founded to defend the black community and civil rights workers. They were armed black men who armed themselves in self-defense against the white elites who were trying to keep them, quote, in their place. The Diggins for Defense and Justice mostly protected civil rights workers from the Congress of Racial Equality, CORE, who were registering black voters in Louisiana and Mississippi. We're talking Deep South. This protection also extended to the black neighborhoods where CORE was housing the civil rights workers and to the black churches where CORE was holding voting rights seminars. Armed deacons escorted the civil rights workers to and from meetings and patrolled black neighborhoods. By 1965, the deacons had between 50 and 60 chapters spread across Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. In Bougalusa, Louisiana, the group had about 900 members. James Farmer, who was the head of the Congress of Racial Equality, Corps, was scheduled to go to Bogalusa. He received a warning from the FBI that the Klan was making threats against him. The deacons must have heard about the threats, too, because they met Mr. Farmer at the airport. They escorted Mr. Farmer and provided tight security for him during his visit. Mr. Farmer even stayed at the home of the chapter president. Not only were the deacons willing to use force to repel an attack, they were armed for the job, and this capability and willingness to use force to defend themselves and others provided an effective deterrent to the Klan terrorist. Mr. Farmer wrote about his stay with the deacons in his autobiography, quote, Unless a bomb was tossed, the Klan could only reach me if they were prepared to swap their lives for mine. End quote. Floyd McKissick of CORE and Martin Luther King of SCLC had the deacons protect the marchers on the March Against Fear in 1966. And this march from Memphis, Tennessee to Jackson, Mississippi, was organized after James Meredith was shot while trying to make the 220-mile walk by himself. When the marchers reached Greenwood, Mississippi, Stokely Carmichael gave his famous Black Power speech. The deacons for defense and justice scouted ahead of the marchers looking for snipers and ambushes. They also guarded the marchers at night as armed guards against raiders. The situation has not changed. The elitist and racists are still writing anti-civil rights laws that appear neutral but are discriminatory in practice. The Gun Control Act of 1968 is a racist law passed to disarm the black power advocates. The elitist used the assassinations of Dr. King and Robert Kennedy as an excuse for passage of the law, but it was aimed at disarming blacks. The Brady Law is also racist in its impact, as are Project Exile and the Safe Neighborhood Initiative passed by Congress and signed by President Bush. None of those infringements on our civil rights has decreased crime. In fact, anyone who lives in a black neighborhood knows all too well that crime has risen sharply in those neighborhoods since 1968. The law-abiding citizens were disarmed while the criminals ignored the law and found the unarmed neighborhoods easy targets for crime. One thing I've noticed about this history is that when the rise of consciousness comes, there are groups who want to separate. And there's those who want white power and those who want black power. Those are those who are nationalist and those who are conformist. There are those who just want to be American. I believe we all want the same thing, but you have to be careful of who you allow to lead you. You have to be careful of who you listen to and whose reasoning and stuff you take in. You are, by definition, associated by who you associate with, if that makes any sense. Learn for yourself. Don't trade 
Don't trade one master for another. Freedom isn't free. Don't forget that. I think I'm going to share Brother Kirk's um, audio history of the deacons here. Hopefully, you'll pull some facts out of this. Maybe even better than my dialogue or my monologue to you. History is funky like that. Sometimes we don't want to wait for it, even to learn about what happened before. You know what they say about history? Those who don't know theirs, you got it, are doomed to repeat it. By Reverend Frederick Douglass Kirkpatrick, also known as Brother Kirk, a guy who made it all the way to Sesame Street, and nobody even knows he was a major part of American history. In Jonesboro, Louisiana, in 1965, black people got together to put an end to that Jim Crow drive. So they started integrations of all the public accommodation, restaurants, and swimming pools. But one night to their surprise, a sheet party was organized. Oh, glory was on the rise. Out of the woods came 52 cars of hoods. The system chief police was in the lead. And they drove through our neighborhood on the porches, frightened people stood. That night the Deacons was born. That is why the Deacons was born, oh yes, to protect our family and our home. Protect the rights of those unborn. For decent homes and schools and to combat Jim Crow rules. That is why the deacons were born. Several hundred men gathered upstairs on the second floor of the Masonic Hall. They came down for business and business fall as they mumbled and jammed against the wall. That is why the deacons was born, yes it was, to protect our families and our home, protect the life of those that aren't born, for decent homes and schools and to fight against Jim Crow rules. That is why the deacons was born. Some was reading leaflets thrown out by the Ku Klux Klan, saying the good was up with the bad if you don't withdraw your plans. But somehow that night was different from all of the rest. People had gotten tired of all that Jim Crow mess. That is why the deacon was born, yeah. Our families and our homes. Take the life of those that aren't born. For decent homes and schools and to combat Jim Crow rules. That is why the deacon was born. At the table sat a man with a gavel in his hand. The people responded to his command. He said, if you read your papers, I'm sure you understand that the FBI is checking on the Ku Klux Klan. Then whatever call ourselves, keep on giving up. Keep on giving up our man. Because the time is surely come for us to take our stand. That is why the deacons was born, yes, yes. Protect our families and our home. Protect the life of those that aren't born. For decent homes and schools and the combat Jim Crow rules. That is why the deacons was born. The 
man that asked the question threw out the idea. Let's call ourselves the deacons, and they will have no fear. They'll think we are from the church, which hadn't certainly ever done much. And gee, to our surprise, it really worked. That is why the deacons was born, Lord, Lord, to protect our families and our homes. Take the lights of those that aren't born For decent homes and schools And to combat Jim Crow rules That is why the Deacons was born Chesters of peace Checked all the church roads The big ones and the little ones Along the dusty road He called me by phone Late one night at my home Said, Rev, I've checked all the church roads by the ministers I was told, oh yes I was, that the deacons didn't belong to the fold. That is why the deacons was born, yes, yes, to protect our families and our homes. Take the life of those unborn, for decent homes and schools and the fight against Jim Crow rules. That is why the deacons was born. I put it to his mind that we was not of that kind, that a new day had emerged along with time, that the Secretary of State had decided we could participate by signing our charter on the dotted line. That is why the deacons was born, Lord, Lord, to protect our families and our homes, take the life of those unborn. For decent homes and schools and to fight against Jim Crow rules. That is why the deacons was born. We went throughout the land, setting up chapters on every hand. We had our Bibles on our knees. Oh, you good Christians, I know you don't understand why we're handing out 38s to our band. That is why the deacons was born, yes it was, to protect our families and our homes. Take the life of those unborn For decent homes and schools And the fight against Jim Crow rules That is why the Deacons was born That is why the Deacons was born To protect our families and our homes Take the life of those that unborn For decent homes and schools And the fight against Jim Crow rules That is why the Deacons was born that probably never make the top 20 these days, but it definitely was a blast from the past. History helps us understand change and how society we live in came to be. I'm really fortunate. I actually, I feel blessed the fact that I have you listening. That we count this as part of American history. That you stand with me. Not behind me or in front of me, but with me. Nobody understands this better than I do. That the people who listen to this podcast are a bit different. And I love you for it. This portion of the show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters has gained national recognition as a maker of the best and most functional concealment holsters available on the market today. Each holster is handcrafted to ensure your firearm is safe and secure while carrying, combined with the best customer service in the industry. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but I had a guest, Marshall Tig Tigner, who just made me laugh and giggle, and we had a good old time both on and off the phone. Well, Marshall's back this week with some a tip about situational awareness, and I'm hoping she'll be around for the long term. Take it away, Sister Tig. Thanks, Ken. This week, I want to talk about situational awareness. 
This is Marshall Tig Tigner of Trigger Happy Firearm Instruction, which you can find at TriggerHappyPanda.com. Okay, so I want to talk about situational awareness. Situational awareness is basically where you are paying attention to your surroundings and using your first weapon, which is your brain, to avoid becoming a victim. My first tip is to change your routine frequently. Do you take the same way home from work every day? Do you always go out of town Friday at 2 p.m.? Make sure that you are not getting into such a routine that an attacker or a predator who's actually watching you can anticipate your movements and they can prepare to make you a victim. Make sure that you are not leaving the house at the exact same time every day. Make sure that you're not coming home at the exact same time every day. Usually the person who attacks you has been watching you. They know your schedule. They know when you will and will not be home and they're preparing for that. Number two, do not post your whereabouts on social media. If you're going on vacation, wait until you get home from vacation to post those cute pictures on the beach. Okay, make sure that if you're going to dinner, you don't tag your location while you're at dinner. That just lets the attacker know that you're not home and that they're Your house is completely empty for them to come in and rob you, okay? Make sure that you don't put uh, exactly where you are and who you're with also. You can be leaving yourself open to get attacked while you're out as well. Attackers are constantly watching your social media. They're constantly watching your movements, and they're looking for the easiest way to attack you or to take advantage of your situation. Number three. Buddy teams. I don't care how grown you are. I don't care how long you've been uh, living on your own. You have to make sure that someone knows where you are at all times. If for no other reason than if you do go missing or something does happen, at least that person has a starting point to where to look for you. So many times we hear of people going out to meet people, going out on dates, and nobody knows where they went or who they were with. When I was single, every time I went out on a date, I would send my best friend his photo, the address of where we were going, his uh, phone number, his address, anything that I could send to her, I would send to her so that she knew where I was at, what I was wearing, and who I was with. Okay, number four, head on the swivel, pay attention. So in the military, we say head on the swivel, so you're constantly looking left and right, you're looking behind you. You're constantly aware of everything that's going on around you. This generation, my generation, we love to walk around with our heads tucked into our phones, with our headphones on, and we're not paying attention. You are a very easy target because you are not suspecting the attacker or predator to come up to you. You don't even know that they've been following you for three blocks because you have your head inside your phone. Even if you're in your vehicle, even if you're at your home, Make sure you're constantly aware of what's going on around you. Like I said, the best self-defense object that you have, the best weapon you have is your brain. Number five, this is an easy one that we've been told since we were children, but as an adult, you still have to be aware of strangers. Don't talk to strangers. It can be very hard to do. Everyone wants to be really helpful and friendly, uh, but you have to be aware of the people who who have ill intentions out there. And for women, know that another woman can be a threat as well. 
There have been times where women can be used as ploys to get you alone or get you in a compromising, uh, uncompromising situation so that another male or a group of women can attack you. It has happened a lot. So make sure that you don't let your guard down because you see another woman in distress. Focus on your surroundings. Make sure you know that everyone is a potential threat and use your brain as your first line of self-defense. So those are my five tips this week for situational awareness. And that's it for this week. If you want to contact me, I'm at TriggerHappyPanda.com. Thanks, Ken. Back to you. Thank you, sis. And congratulations and welcome to the Black Man with a Gun show. If you like Tig being on here, please let us know. I know she'll be glad to hear that you heard her here on the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. The USCCA has been providing education, training, and self-defense insurance to responsibly armed Americans since 2003. Join Tim Schmidt and myself here at usconcealedcarry.com. Direct from our newsroom in Washington, in color. All right, this comes from Breitbart.com. Home invasion suspect wearing only underwear shot, killed after attacking a pastor and family. An alleged home invader wearing only underwear was shot and killed after breaking into a pastor's home and attacking the pastor and pastor's wife. The incident occurred around 2 a.m. in Cypress, Texas, according to ABC 13. Harris County Sheriff Sergeant Felipe Rivera said, The door is kicked in, and that's how the family wakes up to discover the intruder in the residence. Pastor Lorenzo Martinez and his wife, Gloria Martinez, were home as were members of their extended family. Pastor Martinez's daughter, Naraya Oliveira, said, The suspect just started hitting my dad when he hit my mom, and then hit my mom. Then my brother woke up, and my brother started hitting him. Oliveira said that suspect punched her mother in the nose numerous times and was not phased when her brother intervened to try to stop him. She said he just kept attacking. He would not stop. Sergeant Rivera said he wasn't running from anybody. He was attacking. In my opinion, he was in an attacking mode. Oliveira said the suspect eventually allegedly kicked in the door to the room in which her brother-in-law, his wife, and children slept. At that point, the brother-in-law shot and killed the suspect. She added, we are a Christian family. We don't believe in killing anybody, but we had to do what we had to do to protect our family and protect our little kids. Investigators believe the suspect parked a Lincoln sedan about a half a mile from the house, then walked to the house and attacked. Ain't that something? True story. Next story comes from Evansville, Indiana. Armed burglar suspect shot and killed by a homeowner during break-in. Police say an armed burglary suspect was shot and killed by a homeowner during a break-in on Sunday, according to a release. Evansville police was called to the 1100 block of Washington Avenue around 4 a.m. for a report of shots fired. We're told officers in the area were flagged down by a pedestrian who told them someone had been shot. He told the police the person was in the area on foot. Authorities said they found Malcolm Payton, 25, in the 1100 block of Adams Avenue. Officials said they found a gun on the ground under Peyton as they began to give him first aid. Officials told us he was taken to a hospital where he died. We're told Peyton died from a single gunshot wound to the chest. Police told 14 News they spoke to the homeowner. He told investigators Peyton was breaking into his home when the shooting happened. 
He said Peyton was wearing a mask and was armed with a gun as he crawled in through his bedroom window. Officials said based on information and physical evidence investigators found, the actions of the homeowner appeared to be within the law. And our final story this week is from Oklahoma City. This is from KOCO.com. Police officers had a busy afternoon Saturday investigating two unrelated shootings in northwest Oklahoma City. The shootings were reported just a mile apart. The first happened around 2.30 p.m. along with a busy stretch of Rockwell Avenue, where police went inch by inch in an effort to find evidence in the shooting that sent a man to the area hospital. Officers found shell casings near Northwest 14th Street and Rockwell Avenue, where the victim suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Police said that a witness on a motorcycle chased down the accused shooter and helped in the arrest. Investigators found a gun allegedly used in the accident, or incident, and a t-shirt in a nearby creek. Police were called about an hour later to the scene of a second shooting at an apartment complex near Northwest 23rd Street and MacArthur Boulevard. A man had broken into an apartment, and a resident inside shot him in the midsection, officials said. Police are investigating both shootings. More information will not be available until later. And those are just three of the Armed Citizen stories for this week. You can see it for yourself, the links and all that, at blackmanwithagun.com. Next up is my six foot five plus brother from another mother, Michael J. Woodland. Take it away, big guy. Thank you, Ken, and welcome to another tips and review segment. I am Michael Woodland of m-wtactical.com, and today we're going to discuss reloading the firearm with loaded magazines. This week's episode comes from a question asked by at Derek C. Rose of Madison, Wisconsin, who is a follower on my Instagram page. At Derek C. Rose asks about my reloading style and any tips I can give. To answer your question, it is all from the basics and nothing fancy. But let's dive into it. Remember, I am a right-handed fire, but this is how I move. But if we were together, I would observe you and work with you to assist with your energy and motion for a smoother and faster reload. When you are shooting, your bread and butter is going to come from how smooth you can insert your reloaded magazine without any hangups. The easiest solution is to set up your gear where you can grab what you need and have your motions work with you and not against your end result. For me, when my magazines are in the holder on my waist upside down, I have the bullet pointing to the center line of my body or the base of the magazine with the lip pointing at the center line of my body. All my magazines are facing the same direction, but in a different magazine holder on my waistline. Now, when I grab the freshly loaded magazine with my left hand at the same time pressing the magazine release with my right thumb, I am pretty much wrapping my left hand around the magazine with the exception of my index finger touching the first bullet. So now, if you can picture this, my index finger is my guide to the entry of insert for the magazine that will be inserted. At this time, all movements are happening simultaneously from the magazine being released from the firearm, grabbing and pulling out the freshly loaded magazine, slowing myself down a bit, and bringing the firearm into my workspace. At the moment of insert of the freshly loaded magazine, I pick up my pace. 
Start pushing the firearm back into the position of acquiring my sight picture, fixing any mistakes, and pulling the trigger. Sounds like a lot, but I will tell you getting my timing down for reloading the firearm with a new magazine was dedicated time of standing over my couch with an unloaded gun and unloaded magazines, doing the repetition of pulling a new magazine off my waist for at least 30 minutes a night. Trust me, if you put the time in when it comes to training, it is almost relaxing when you are not putting as much thought into what you have to do next. To answer the second part of your request, my style pretty much came from getting the first shot off first because if you don't, you're done. But when I was overseas, I was determined to come back so I can share this knowledge with you. Tune in next week as we tackle another area of marksmanship for another tips and review segment. Thank you for all those who follow and support the M-W Tactical Facebook page. If you haven't done so, look us up on Facebook and hit the like button and join in on the many discussions that are taking place. We are trying to reach our goal of 2,000 likes before the end of the year. Tell your buddies to get on Facebook and hit the like button on the M-W Tactical Facebook page. If you are more into photos, follow me on Instagram at MJ Woodland, where you can get an up-close and personal involvement of my daily life and involvement at a shooting range. If you would like to read more about us, do so by going to www.m-wtactical.com where you can easily connect with us on any of the previously mentioned social platforms while looking at pictures, viewing future classes, emailing us, or even listening to the current week of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. For those who want a more direct approach, just call us at 803-250-1256 and leave a message and we will get back to you so we can discuss whatever is on your mind from shooting classes or just inviting us out to your upcoming event. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. Thanks, buddy. Almost 17 years ago, back in uh, December of 2000, a movie came out with Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. It was an American romantic fantasy, a comedy. I don't know if you saw it or not. It was called What Women Want. And it was cute. It had some good parts to it. It's one of those movies that if it's on, I'll watch it. I don't know why I like it so much. Maybe it's like the um, Don Juan DeMarco with uh, what's that dude from Pirates of the Caribbean? Johnny Depp, yeah. Just one of those movies that's kind of romantic that I like. Hey, don't judge. <laughs> anyway, What Women Want was about uh, this guy who gets a whole new outlook on life when all of a sudden, through a fluke accident, he's able to read women's minds. That's always been a cool premise for just about anything. What would you do if you knew what everybody wanted? Would you abuse it? Most of us would. And then we get in trouble from that. Well, nobody is a fortune teller here. I want to actually do a better job of this podcast and the blog by giving you what you want. I want to know how many new shooters I have out there, how many beginners, intermediate and advanced, and what actually, what information, what people, what interviews, what news, what you want to hear. And the only way I can do that, if I asked you. In the last couple of days, you've probably seen a whole bunch of stuff in my social media I've been trying to gather um, your email address. I've been trying to gather your name. I've been asking questions. 
and I'm not going to stop. I got about a 30-day push where I'm trying to gather information to make my show smoking even better than normal. The only way I can do that is if I give the people what they want. So not just about what women want, it's about what you, my listener, my friend, my brother, my sister, want to hear, want to know about. See, I've been sitting on hundreds and hundreds of reams of paper, of millions of bytes of information. I've talked to over 200 people in the 10 years the show has been going. I've met with and done some stuff. I've trained. I've got books and history and I got all kinds of stuff in here. I just don't want to just give it out just because. Maybe it's not what you want to hear. If you got a question, I want to know what it is. I got information to give you and I want to do it better. You got me? So on my website, you'll see there is a subscribe button. Looks for your email. Hit me back there. There is a new button. I got a new Android app as well as an iTunes app for the Apple phone people. Been had that. That one is you let you have access to me in a, in a different way. I got my own app. It's free. Download that thing today. Apple and Android users. You can have this show sent to you automatically. Don't have to do anything extra. You can email me directly. You can see what I'm doing on Facebook and Twitter and all social media that's there. You can send me a private message on that app. It's kind of cool. I'm trying to use this social media to the utmost. And all that means is I'm trying to connect to you. You got me? So what do you want? What information can I pull from all the 20 or 200 people that I've talked to? What lessons and training and what products and reviews and what, what things do you need or want? Let a brother know so that I can make this show, your show, even better than it is today. Let's see, how can you reach me? Well, there's email, blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. There is blackmanwithagun.com. If you go to the site, there is a thing called a speak pipe. You can actually talk, click a button and use your microphone on your phone or either on your computer and leave a message directly there. Yes, there is. There's a number that you'll find at the top hand corner. You can call that, and it's a voicemail. Save it there. Make sure you give me your email address and your name so I can respond back to you that I got it, and the answer is coming. Or, I haven't a clue, but thanks for that question so I can go research it so that I can be on target for you. See, I don't think you understand. I am trying to make the rest of my life the best of my life. I ain't playing. And sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks, I'll be having an open conference call. I'm going to give you the number. You can just join in, call me, and we're going to have it open for about 15, 20 minutes, and you can ask me anything. And I want to see how you're doing. Give me a shout out. Let me just talk to you. I don't know how long or how many folks can stay on that thing, but I got the service, so I'm going to use it. Stay tuned, and I'll make sure that everybody who have an email address and all that stuff gets the invitation first. We're going to have some private consultations. I mean, there's some stuff that you want to know. Maybe it has nothing to do with firearms. Maybe it's spiritual in nature, physical in nature. I am your friend and your brother from another mother. If you need to talk to somebody, we're going to make it happen. Somebody really cool once said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world? 
yet lose their own soul. I'm trying to share. That's what social media is for, right? I've amassed a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, and still learning some stuff. Have contacts all over the country with some pretty important people. How about if I was the guy to help get you in touch with somebody or helped you get a little further? Yeah. Now I'm down your street, right? But that's what I'm trying to do. In all honesty, I'm not trying to get into your business, but you are my business. I don't care if you sign up to a hundred other lists. I like this one. All right. Sign up today. Get in touch with me today. Let's get connected. All right. That's a wrap for episode number 524 of the Black Man with the Gun Show. I want to thank Sister Teague from TriggerHappyPanda.com for contributing that situational awareness part. I'm hoping to hear more stuff from her as time goes on. And thanks to Big Mike from M-W Tactical, Michael Woodland, who has been faithful and rock steady. Thank you, man. That means a lot. Hopefully you heard about the uh, Deacons of Defense, another little nuance there. Talking about the ministers this time, Reverend Frederick Douglass Kirkpatrick and Y.D. Jackson from the history books. Also had a new guy um, in the news segment whose family defended themselves. Billy Graham once said that the test of a preacher is that his congregation goes away saying, not what a lovely sermon, but I will do something. I'm here to help the sheepdogs in this congregation do something. Until next week. Just in case nobody has told you this today. I love you. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Until we meet or speak again. Shalom, baby. One, two, three, four. also the black man with a gun.